Hello, everybody. We would like to welcome you to our quarter three 2016 result for our company, F.L. Schmidt. At first, the key highlights for the quarter. We had a very strong cash flow and a significant debt reduction in the quarter. Order intake for service activities was very strong. Capital orders, especially in minerals, remain weak. The revenue picked up as expected and the corrective actions announced in Q2 are being implemented. The full year guidance stays unchanged. Before we come into the financial and more market outlook, we always refer to our safety track record. The safety track record shows since 2012 quite an improvement. We were actually able each quarter to show an improvement quarter on quarter. This time is the first time that we have a slide, but still a deterioration. That's not satisfactory. And it's management and companies and employees target to improve that. We believe that we will fulfill to be below 1.6 for the year. If we then look into the operational highlights of the quarter, we announced that we have now a joint venture together with Northern Heavy Industries in China, NHI. This joint venture with the name NHI Fuller is targeting the mid-market equipment for the mining industry. That strategic move out of our mining minerals business was already announced at the end of 2014. Important is that we start in, with that range for the crushers, for the cone crushing, the secondary tertiary cone crushing. Another important milestone to expand our addressable market, to go into growth investments, is the partnership with China Resource Cement, CRC. We are together promoting, testing, and implementing cement technology to use household waste in China to replace fossil fuel. It is important to know that this technology is tackling an increasing challenge in China with household waste. It replaces predominantly coal firing. If we then look into the order intake, order highlights, we can say that we got an O&M contract in Egypt, again, another five years contract as a renewal of an already over years ongoing contract. That, again, underscores our very strong position in operation and maintenance business in the cement as well as in the mining industry. Regarding the operational performance, the sales process of bulk material handling located in Wattgassen has started. Further, the planning and implementation of the corrective actions were done in Q3 2016. If we then look into the corrective actions, as we announced in quarter two 2016, these corrective actions have two main target areas. One is to adjust our cost base for the outlook, what we see in the market. We will come later to that. And the second part is as equal or more important to invest into our future, to invest into growth. That contains value engineering, a more professionalized, a more improved uh, procurement setup. That includes investment in training, education of our own employees, as well as in expanding our sales coverage to reduce the areas where we are not offering today 
all our services, products, and project competences to our to possible customers. Part of it is, of course, that we are ongoing to increase the absolute amount of salespeople within F.H. Schmidt to have a better and closer customer relation. If we then look into the other part of the corrective actions, this includes, of course, cost adjustment on the cost base. There is part delayering, enforced site closure, and, of course, further activities on the procurement. When we look then to the program, it started actually with the pre-announcement in quarter two in August. We planned and implementation started already in September. We announce it now here in November. And the whole program is um, communicated and will be communicated up to the end of 2017. The full year impact in 2017 will be 500 million DKK EBITDA. Hereby, 100 million is coming out of procurement improvements. The cost for the program will be 350 million DKK. Already 37 million DKK are in the result of the quarter three. We expect to have around 75 million DKK of the one-offs in quarter four and the remaining ones in 2017. It is again, it's sad, it's bad, but we had to let go with that program 600 of our employees. It is important that the improvement of that corrective action program, the 500 million, is expected to be largely offset by lower level of activity in the market as well as pricing pressure out in the market. If we then go into the next part, innovation. Innovation is important for us. Innovation is a driver for our future. This time we can announce smart parts. To make it in a nutshell, smart parts means that we are able to supply parts where the processor, where the sensors are an essential part of the parts. You can imagine if you install it in equipment, in processes, during our service activities, that we can measure online during operation what is happening to these parts. And with that, we can read out before something happens, how the equipment, how the process is performing. Downtime for the customers is very much reduced by being able to see downtime or service on equipment, on processes already coming before it really happens. This is another step to really concrete us into position number one as a productivity provider within the cement as well as the minerals industry. On top of it, we were very, very proud. A few days ago, we announced that our rapid oxidative leaching is a winner out of the top 100, top global 100 R&D awards, where we compete with companies like NASA, Lockheed, and so on. This is not only for the mining industry, this is especially for F.H. Schmidt, a big honor to be placed there. If we then look into the market developments, we have still an ongoing pressure on CapEx, predominantly in minerals. When we look into that, we stick with that, what we say for quite a while now, that we see improvement on that area earliest at the end or at the end of 2017 onwards. On the cement side, 
we are slightly more optimistic, but pricing pressure is quite uh, heavy there. In general, the OPEX business, the aftermarket business is performing relatively good. Important to know is that customers in cement as well as in mining are very much productivity improvement focused. Now to the different divisions. Our customer service is stable and profitable. We see signs of improvement, especially with smaller retrofits out on the market, while bigger retrofits are still not on the same level as a few years ago. If we then look into the minerals business, it is stable. The Mine Expo showed that the market for CapEx in minerals is a stable market, but on a very, very low level. And as we said, we don't see a recovery before end of next year. Important is, it is gold, of course, as the most interested spot at the moment. But don't underestimate the good position midterm, for example, for copper. Gold and copper are for us the most important commodities in minerals. For the product companies, today the business is predominantly aftermarket business. And it's equal between minerals and cement regarding the business activities in that part. We have a stable, good demand for our parts and services out of that division. Last but not least, cement. There we can say that we are cautiously optimistic regarding what we see as a midterm outlook in the cement industry. We have significant regional differences, which means countries, areas, geographies definitely outperforming when others really are completely down. Important to know is that the competition and the pricing pressure in that division is very, very hard. If we then look into the order intake for the quarter three, we are down 20% year on year. But when you look in the middle part of the slides, you will easily recognize that the main hit we got in the minerals division, and that is based on having large orders or not. In quarter three, 2015, we achieved some large orders. This quarter, this year, Q3 2016, not. Then you get such a picture. But when you then look into customer service, with an organic growth over 20%, this is the best growth result, what we have since the beginning of 2014. And that in such a tough market environment, it's an outstanding performance. Product companies and cement division performed roughly similar as the year before. Then revenue by geography. You see that we established ourselves in the last few quarters quite equal around the world. Cement is still our biggest commodity in the order intake, followed by copper and gold. Copper and gold makes one quarter of the total order intake for our company nowadays. Then to the service business. If we look into the service business, Today, order intake is a big part with 64% above 50% of the total. Of course, this shows our strong position in productivity improvement throughout all the businesses and two industries where we act in it. Of course, it's a percentage result out of the weak part in the CapEx, where order intake is only 36% of the group order intake. If we then, go further, I would like to give to Lars, our CFO. <clears throat> yes, and uh, 
for the quarter three results, we had the order intake uh, that was down 20%. As Thomas mentioned, that was uh, the lack of big orders. Uh, revenue was up in uh, compared to the same period last year. It is, as we said uh, in the earlier quarters this year, the cement business that is really starting to deliver on the big projects uh, in the backlog. When we look into gross margin, we saw a slight decrease in the quarter that was due to business mix. And on the margins, we were down uh, slightly from 7.8 to 7.2. If you look at the order intake, um, what you can see on the chart is that the blue bars, which is orders below 200 million, have shown a fairly stable pattern over the last many quarters. What we don't have in, uh, in the th sec third quarter is, uh, is the orange uh, bars, which is the bigger orders of more than 200 million. But what's good to see is that the underlying smaller orders are fairly stable. Uh, that's where we make the biggest margins. So, so, uh, so that's, of course, promising. Um, and it's good to see that it's stable. If we look at, uh, at revenue, uh, if you look at the, the first three quarters of 2016, uh, it has increased every quarter. Uh, that is uh, a result of the phasing of, uh, of our cement projects, uh, where there was very little revenue in the first couple of quarters and is now really starting to pick up. If you look by division, you can see uh, on the right-hand chart that it's really the cement division that is picking up compared to the same period uh, last year. If we look at, uh, at gross profit, uh, we saw a slight decrease compared to the same period last year. Of course, heavily impacted by this change in mix, where uh, cement is uh, a bigger part than it was at the same period last year. If you look into the four divisions, um, we had customer service, where there was a decline in, uh, in the gross margin. Um, this is due to mix, and it's not a trend that we see continuing into the future. So, um, so that was uh, unusually low in uh, the third quarter. Uh, product companies uh, was a little bit higher than uh, last year. Uh, minerals showed a good uh, quarter, uh, and cement was down uh, a couple of percent. We are in cement starting to execute some of the orders we've taken with low margin, uh, and that's what you see in, uh, in the quarter. If we look at our cost level, then uh, it's been stable for the last uh, three quarters in absolute terms. It has been uh, reducing as a percentage due to the higher revenue. It is, of course, clear that with a dropping revenue uh, over the year compared to, uh, to, uh, to last year, that we need to address this cost base. And this is a very big driver for our corrective actions. And we should see that this cost is starting to come down in the coming quarters. If we look at uh, the EBITDA development, uh, it has come up uh, over the last couple of quarters, uh, starting from a very low base in this year. If we look at the bridge from last year to this year, there is an impact from lower gross margin, and then uh, an increase in revenue drives uh, a little bit of a, of a higher profit. All in all, we are slightly down in absolute EBITDA compared to the same period last year. If we then go into the positive, uh, or one of the very positive uh, numbers in this uh, quarterly announcement, it is, of course, our cash flow. Uh, one of the components driving uh, the positive development is our working capital. Uh, that it decreased by more than 400 million in, uh, in the third quarter. If we start by, uh, by trade re receivables, uh, you can see that it did drop over the year, so we've seen a declining trend over the year. What is more important is that it's the long-term overdues that have come down. 
So when you look into the details of the trade receivables, it is more healthy than it was uh, a year ago. So that we are very happy about. Uh, trade payables is, of course, to some extent following the activity level. So in line with uh, increasing revenues, we have, uh, we've seen uh, increasing payables uh, over the last couple of quarters. If we look into uh, the, the VIP assets, uh, you can see that that is higher than it's been for, uh, it was in line with quarter two, but it is higher than what we would normally see. Uh, we have some larger projects where we are expecting to meeting, uh, meet the invoicing milestones later on in the year. Uh, but of course, that puts a little bit of uh, volatility into our cash flow for the full year. Um, so expect some volatility there. If we look at uh, prepayments, it's been fairly stable for, for, for this year. Um, the drop we've seen for the last couple of years have stopped, and, uh, and now that we see a staple-ish development in, in order intake, um, we do not see as much pressure on this line as we've seen uh, for the last couple of years. On inventories, uh, it's been stable for quite a while, and we do not see any big, uh, big change in inventories in the coming months. If we then turn into uh, to the cash flow statement, we're very pleased that in a, in a quarter where the price pressure from the market is still very high, that we could deliver a very high uh, cash flow from operations. We delivered 744 million versus 496 in the same period last year. We saw improvements in working capital. We saw improvement in financial payments, as well as, as lower tax paid than the same period last year. We also managed our, our investments very tightly. We had 44, 43 million of, uh, of investments in the third quarter. And all in all, that gives us a free cash flow of 700 million uh, in one quarter. I think it's fair to say that in the market, management is very pleased with this development. Um, and it's very good to see our organization have really worked really hard on this. And, uh, and with that, we are, we are very pleased. If we look at the capital structure, um, we reduced our debt by, by 700 million in the third quarter, which of course brings our ratios uh, in the right direction. Equity ratio is at 34%, whereas our net debt to EBITDA went down to 2.1, uh, and we expect it to be around the 2 mark at the end of the year. Um, it is, of course, uh, good to see that the net debt is coming down in tough markets, uh, and this is the lowest debt we've had since uh, 2012. So good performance in this area. If we then look at uh, return on capital employed, we are at 8%. It is a very difficult uh, number to, uh, to get up in a, in a tough market environment with low revenue, uh, but it is an important measure, and we will work hard to, to get this up in the coming years. Uh, but cash flow is one of the, the key focus for us to make certain that, that we remain strong in, uh, in tough markets. And with that, I'll hand back to you, Thomas. Thank you, Lars. So, yeah, it is uh, a situation where the market in minerals is very much down, especially the capex part, or predominantly the capex part, and in cement, it comes slightly back, despite the fact that typical for such a situation in the market, service activities are more there, and we take quite a good fair share out of it. It is important in such a situation where we have over such a long period of time such a headwind in the market, both in cement as well as in mining, to keep the focus of the company in the right direction, and that is on our customers, on cash and costs. What we can influence, and there I'm very proud of my organization, 
we manage. Cash flow is one indicator. The debt level to reduce over such a long period of time is very positive. You see that with our KPIs and with the trend that the networking capital in such a time comes down in absolute numbers, and that is very good. Of course, the order intake is down too, but in a market, especially with the bigger projects, which is so volatile, where you can have situations and quarters that you don't get a large order in a quarter, you can have these kind of big drops like in minerals with more than 60% on the order intake. But that's the situation where we are in, and that is what we see definitely into next year too. Another part is, in such a time, we have to improve and we have to perform very well internally as well as towards our customers. And we have two KPIs for that. One is the safety with the LTIFR, where we have over the last few years shown a fantastic good performance. Yes, a deterioration in that uh, quarter, but that's a bump in the road. And DIFOT, delivery in full on, on time, with, which is for us a quality measurement. And there again, our organization performs absolutely great in the right direction. It is important to understand and to see that this longer-term recession, what we are already in, is not only marked by lower available business volume out in the field. It is a shift from a more capacity-driven cycles into productivity-driven cycles. And we believe, its companies believe, that our setup to be in projects and products and services up to the level that we can operate the sites for our customers is giving us a fairly, fairly good spot to be in, to be the productivity provider number one. Out of that, into the group guidance. The group guidance 2016 stays unchanged. The revenue guidance 17 to 18, as we had it in quarter two, and regarding the EBITDA guidance, the 7 to 8, we clearly can say it will be at the fairly low end of the 7 to 8 percent for the year 2016. One part to mention is here the CFFI. We are with the target what we have below the depreciation level in the company. And we are ongoing to invest in the company where it's necessary. If we look into the guidance overall, it is important to mention that the one-off costs, what we announced to, are part of that guidance. So, the quarter three, strong cash flow, significant debt reduction, very positive. Strong, very strong order intake on the service activities for the company. Capital orders remain weak. The revenue picked up as we expected it. The corrective actions, as announced in Q2, already started, planned, and are being implemented. Full year guidance unchanged. Thank you very much. And now, please, to the Q&A. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, could you please press zero and then one on your phone keypad now, and you'll enter the queue if you haven't already. And after you ask that question, just press uh, just say your question. If you find that question has been answered before it's your turn to speak, just press zero and then two to cancel. And there'll be a brief pause while questions are being registered. Our first question is from the line of Lars Topholm at Carnegie. Please go ahead. Your line is open. 
thank you. Uh, first, Thomas and Lars, congrats with an excellent quarter. I do have a couple of, of questions. Uh, when you described the profit improvement measures, uh, you mentioned that most of the 500 million in EBITDA effect will be mitigated uh, by lower revenue and lower margins. Uh, I just wonder if you can put some color on that. Is that 500 million in mitigation compared to where you were in 2016? And uh, to what extent is uh, the, the, the negative part of the 500 million related to lower revenue and to what extent lower margins? Because if your customer service order intake is going up, and you also mentioned that your customer service margins should get back to the level we saw in the first half of this year. But then I assume uh, customer services profitability in 17 should also be higher. So first question is really to get some more color on, on, on that. Uh, then a second question, if I may. Uh, the better mix in order intake with uh, a a bigger part of orders coming from customer service and product companies. Is that a trend or just a Q3 phenomenon? And then a very quick third question, if I may. Uh, after Q2, you mentioned that the SR Steel order might leave the backlog since SR Steel is under Chapter 11. Is that order still in the backlog uh, or what's the status? Thank you. Yeah, <clears throat> thanks for the question. Um, so you uh, you asked whether um, whether the corrective actions would be used to offset the pricing pressure or lower activity, uh, and of course the answer is both. Regarding the split between the two, um, of course it's difficult to see where we will end up next year with the activity level. Uh, so um, so of course what we have done is to uh, to take out underabsorption in 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 the business. Uh, and on the pricing part, we are working very hard to improve our, our procurement costs. Uh, we're working very hard to take out um, underabsorption that have set in, in gross profit. Um, so um, to give you a precise split on these things is a little bit difficult. Um, what you should also remember is that we have quite a substantial portion of one-offs coming into next year. So when we look at uh, the bridge between uh, this full year and next year, we do not see a big, uh, a big impact on uh, on the absolute EBITDA level from uh, from all these factors I just mentioned. So pricing uh, under pressure, lower activity, one-offs, and then on the other side we have the corrective actions uh, and our procurement plan. Um, we will of course come with more details when we do the full year guidance for next year, when we have a little bit more visibility into what the activity level will be. Does this mean you're already now flagging a lower revenue in 17 than in 16? As you can see from our order intake, uh, it is uh, very volatile. And if we get one big order in, uh, in the third quarter, that can uh, change the picture quite a lot. Uh, we see the underlying business with, uh, with uh, the smaller orders being stable also into next year. There is, of course, uh, a lot of volatility in the big orders. But when you specifically write that the corrective measures will mitigate uh, lower earnings related to an activity drop, isn't that more or less directly saying revenue will decline next year? Or are you being conservative? Or how should I understand that sentence? Um, 
First of all, we don't want to guide into next year uh, as, uh, as we don't know exactly where the activities level will be. So, um, so there is, of course, an element of, uh, of we don't know where everything will end up in next year. Uh, and there is a lot of moving parts. So, um, so um, whether we are conservative or not, I think that's, uh, that's too early to say. The uh, next question. Sorry, carry on, please. Lars, there was uh, then the question regarding the service activities and the capex-related activities in minerals in, uh, as well as in, in cement. Of course, we see for the uh, aftermarket, for all the service activities, actually quite a stable business ahead of us. As we saw in the last few quarters, it's quite a bumpy road where order intake up, down, revenue up, down. But we have a good market position, and there we can say we see actually a service business quite stable uh, ahead of us. In cement, capex, and bigger projects-related business, we are slightly optimistic uh, for the near and midterm future. But there the issue is that pricing pressure is quite tough. That is what we, I think we stated that already over the last few quarters. Last mentioned that we uh, mitigate in the corrective actions with cost adjustment, procurement improvements, but the pricing pressure is tough. That's, that's a given. In mining, in minerals related, the amount of large orders is on a very, very low level um, available in the market. We didn't announce big orders uh, in that quarter, but we had relatively stable good order intake on products which are related with bigger uh, investments on the mining side, which is positive for us, but it's simply not the volume as we had it in quarter three, 2015. And I think the last question was regarding the SS. Yeah, the uh, the SS deal is still in the backlog. Um, of course, the customer is in, uh, in Chapter 11. Uh, and um, uh, as when they're in Chapter 11, uh, they could come out again or they... Uh, they, they Mine sites could be taken over by uh, by other parties, so uh, so we're following the the case uh, very close, but it is still in the backlog. Okay, we'll we'll now go to Cecil Emmett at SAB. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yeah, um, Simon here uh, with a uh, few questions here. Um, firstly, just a follow-up question on uh, on, uh, on the backlog. Um, so you, basically, you're saying that 47% of your current backlog is for delivery next uh, next year. Um, if I do the maths, then that means that's roughly seven billion. Um, at the same time, you're also saying that one third of the minerals backlog is slow moving. Is that one third uh, slow moving backlog included in the seven billion number? Sorry, once again, On, is the slow moving included in what? In the seven in the billion, seven billion uh, number, which you are saying is for delivery, delivery next year. Um, the, the 7 billion that we are expecting to deliver next year is based on a bottom-up where we looked at all projects in the group and see which ones are, are generating revenue. Uh, and if there is a project that is on hold, uh, then it's not generating revenue into next year. So, so slow-moving uh, projects can be in next year's revenue. Uh, projects on hold uh, are likely not to be in, uh, in next year's revenue. Last, and then just a follow-up uh, to this again. Uh, I mean, if I look again at the, at 
the backlog uh, for delivery next year and compare it to to the backlog same time last year, then this backlog is down more than uh, almost one and a half billion. So, so uh, I mean, is that what you're basically alluding to when you say say that the leverage is 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 going to work in in a negative direction next year? Um, so when you when you compare the backlog last year with uh, with this year. Uh, then, of course, there was a large part of the backlog that was in uh, last year that didn't generate the revenue this year that we were expecting. Um, um, so I think overall um, it's difficult to see where we will end up next year. Um, we have some orders that are that are on hold. Some of them will start to move again. Um, so really, I, I think it's, it is difficult to see where we'll end up. And in particular, uh, what orders we will get or not get in fourth quarter is... Is also um, what you can say, uh, giving us some uncertainty. So, um, so when we're looking at at all the components, it looks uh, flatish uh, for next year, but there's still a lot of uncertainty in it, and uh, and we'll give some more clarity on that uh, when we come out with the full year numbers. Okay, and that's perfect. And then um, a couple of questions on on uh, your service business. I mean, order intake uh, quite strong in the, in the quarter. Um, and you, but, but at the same time, you're saying that some of uh, that the quarter is benefiting from some pent up uh, demand. Um, can you comment on the run rates which you've seen going into uh, in, into Q4? And secondly, I mean, we haven't really seen the same kind of. Uh, trends from some of your peers reporting when they have uh, reported uh, service revenues or service order intake. Um, I mean, um, why why do you think we are seeing this discrepancy? Uh, if you could uh, give some flavor on that. Yeah. The, um, at first, it is, as you uh, saw yourself, uh, quite a good order intake growth uh, quarter on uh, or year on year for the service business. And when we look into it, where it comes from, it's actually all over. It's not only in one part. That's that's a given. Um, when we then talk with our clients where it comes from, uh, especially in the minerals industry, a lot of our clients, a lot of our customers decrease their inventory level quite dramatically, which gives them the task when they see any uh, maintenance upcoming to order in what we call batches. They order quite a lot in one step to fill up uh, short-term their inventory to make the maintenance, partly with our service technicians, possible. That gives the fluctuation quarter on quarter in the industry on the service business. When we then look into the components which triggers service business, the main components is the amount of uh, capacity which is produced, especially in abrasive, more abrasive commodities, and, um, of course, in the amount of not invested capex, for example, replacement of existing equipment, which is already based on the high capacity rate worn out, which then automatically triggers higher service activities. If we see that, then we can say into 2017 that we see a stable level going there. But it will be in service regarding revenue and order intake bumpy. That means you will have, you will see quarters higher, lower revenue as well as on order intake. But it's, in general, a good and stable outlook for the service business. And, and, the, and the Q2 run rates have uh, continued into Q4? The, you know, we measure more um, when we look into um, how is the activity level on the customer side. And that results then into uh, f yeah, financial results. Because um, 
before, years ago, we had six to 12 months in advanced orders announced for us for aftermarket. That is gone. They, they see something coming, a repair or anything, and then they call and then they expect that we deliver a bigger batch. So the activity level, that is what I can answer. We see similar as or on the same level as we had it in quarter three. More we can't say. That's perfect, Thomas. I think that's all from my side for now. Thanks a lot. Our next question is from the line of Christian Johansson at Danske Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, first question is regarding the corrective action. So you state the fully impact for 17 will be 500 million Danish kroner. What will be the run rate at the end of 17? We, uh, uh, I tried to say it in a, a diplomatic way when I presented uh, the slide deck. We will definitely communicate what the impact on 2017 is. And uh, we will not communicate the run rates uh, out of it now we can give more information if we are in the year 2017. Important is that we target and we are known that we, what we say that we deliver, 500 million DKK improvement for a total cost of 350 million DKK. In the year 2017, we will answer that because then we have more, how to say, substance around it. Okay, fair enough. And then, then on the procurement, I mean, obviously you're right that implementation will be done by the end of 17, but... Will your procurement optimization not continue into 18? Every activity what we do for improvement normally goes on with uh, uh, continuation because we are working on what we call internal productivity improvement. But of course, if it comes to these programs, it is important that you have a fixed start point and a fixed end point and how you communicate that to deliver then really what we promised. All right, uh, very clear. Uh, last question here, um, just on the payables, uh, the, the improvement you have seen, do you consider that sustainable going forward? What we, uh, what we saw in, uh, in payables was an increase uh, that was slightly higher than uh, the increase we had in revenue. Uh, we expect payables to follow the activity level in our business to a, to a high degree, so um, if revenue increases quite a lot, we will see uh, a higher payables number, and if it if it goes down, it will go down with revenue again. So, uh, um, so it's a volatile number, and uh, and it will follow activity level. Excellent. Thank you very much. Okay, just to remind all participants, if you wish to ask a question, just press zero and then one on your phone key. And there'll be a further pause while any further questions are being registered. Okay, our next question is from the line of uh, Jonathan Hanks at Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Lars. Uh, just sorry to ask another question on the uh, communicated savings. I'm just wondering about, I'm just thinking, trying to think about the gross margin headwinds in the backlog. I suppose I've got two questions. One, is it correct to think that those gross margin pressures are, are really mainly in the minerals and cement project divisions? And then secondly, I think if you look at cement historically, I know we don't have a huge amount of data, but on a kind of a four-quarter rolling basis, it troughed around 13%. I mean, is there any reason to think that either of those divisions would, would go, go below that level. Thanks. 
Yeah, what we can say is, and we are very outspoken about that several quarters, um, the pressure, especially in the cement industry, the pricing pressure on bigger projects in the cement industry is fairly, fairly high. That is a fact. Um, that pricing pressure is ongoing. Of course, as longer as we run, as more the projects what we got on a lower cross margin are then coming into execution, which means revenue. A part of the corrective actions is, of course, targeting that. That's the reason that we gave a clear comment that the EBITDA improvement out of the corrective actions is partly tackling that. This lower cross margin you can mitigate by significant improvement in procurement, as well as, of course, avoiding underabsorption and getting simply your cost structure more efficient, which means lower versus the revenue what you see coming. On all these areas we are working. On top of it, we invest quite a lot of money to, with value engineering to improve the competitiveness of our products and services. What does it mean? It means when we redesign existing already premium equipment so that the procurement, that the purchasing from sub-suppliers is more easy, more standardized, more modularized, and with that, of course, cheaper. So these are all the activities what we are doing. Out of that, yes, it is true, pricing pressure in uh, cement, big projects, and that is definitely uh, a negative thing what we see in the next year, what we will mitigate with the corrective actions. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, the next question is from the line of Johan uh, Eliasson at Kepler-Shivra. Please go ahead. Your line is now open. Yes, hi, it's Johan here. Um, question on cement and, and this price pressure. Uh, do, do, are you holding your market shares? I know you don't publish it anymore, sort of what you, you did historically, but but are you holding on to your market shares or, or um, are you rather sort of to some extent also protecting your margins? I can say it like that. We are the by far most known brand on earth in cement industry. It's a fantastic position to be in. We are fighting with our customers to get the orders, what we think we should get for the conditions we would like to have. That is what we do. We have a very strong market position. We are not calculating the market share, which means we would look then to our peers left and right. For us, important is to look to our customer base. And there we are very satisfied how much of our customer base we cover. So for us, the share of wallet of customer is the measurement where we look in, and that looks very good. Good. Um, could you say any words about the developments in India on this man's side? Yes, we can say. Um, actually, the whole Indian peninsula, not only the, the, the state of India, is overall performing in the right direction. It is uh, looking more promising. Um, there are new capacities coming online. There are rebuilds uh, in the planning. It's actually a relatively active market. If you look, and that's always the word of caution because India is a huge country. If you look into the country, of course, we have in that big uh, country uh, significant differences between the different areas where you look. In some areas, we have cement overcapacity, where you have not a lot of investments, if at all. And in some other areas, it's actually uh, performing very, very well.
you mention any other end market that, that looks as promising as India for the cement? Um, yes, we are very transparent on that too. Philippines, Pakistan, Nepal, Colombia, actually aftermarket-wise, a lot of areas in the world. These are markets which are performing uh, quite good. Good. And then just a word on, on your guidance, I understood it. You, you sort of say that um, uh, EBITDA looks, looks flattish looking into next year with, with all the charges and, and benefits you're expecting from left and right. Uh, if I understand your guidance on the actual charges, they are obviously uh, indicating to be 100 million Danish krona higher next year. Is that sort of implying that you're actually looking for a net benefit on the underlying profitability of around 100 million for next year? Um, yes, it's true that the one-offs increase by roughly 100 million next year. Uh, and then, um, well, net-net, it's going to be uh, uh, a flatish development. Um, the pricing pressure as well as uh, as the change in uh, activity level uh, is going to eat up uh, the, the difference there is in uh, in the corrective actions program. So, uh, so I think we say that we have 500 million in total on uh, on corrective actions. Uh, some of that goes to the one-offs uh, where we have 100 million more, and then uh, the remaining 400 is uh, is split between uh, yeah uh, an impact from lower activity level and an impact from lower prices in particular in the two capital divisions, as Thomas mentioned early on. Okay, excellent. Many thanks. Uh, next question is from the line of Andrew Wilson at J.P. Morgan. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. A um, couple of questions, please. Just to, um, I guess, the cement pricing conversation, uh, if I'm understanding correctly, I think we've mostly been talking about new projects and quoting for new projects in terms of the pricing pressure. Can you talk a little bit about the sort of how pricing is developing in on the service and the aftermarket side on cement, please? Yeah, um, you are completely right, um, Andrew. It's about what we talk here is uh, bigger projects and bigger engineered products, as we, uh, if we call it. If we look into the pricing for the aftermarket, there is no difference in the in the pricing pressure between minerals and cement in the aftermarket or in the service business, um, which you have normal. Uh, I have to call it normal behavior in such a longer uh, trough situation as we are in. The comments were predominantly on the CapEx-related business. Perfect. Um, and can I just clarify, on the, the customer services side, um, clearly the orders were, were very strong indeed. When you talk about a flat development in terms of activity, I presume you're talking um, as a quarterly run rate of about 1.7 billion of revenue. So when you talk about a flat development, do you mean on the, the quarterly revenue numbers as opposed to um, obviously what was an exceptionally strong quarter for the orders? Um, thank you very much for that, uh, again, attempt to get uh, the, the run rate out. I have to say it like that. When we look into aftermarket business, it is nowadays or several quarters now, and that maybe explains the fluctuation between the, the quarters and order intake up, down, revenue up and down. It is not so much an ongoing each day something. It is more, especially out of the minerals and partly out of salmon, batches. That means bigger orders, which comes as a lump sum because they have no inventory or very limited inventory. So 
that there is no long pre-planning over 24 months, 12 months to refill the inventory. And out of that, you make all the, the repair and service work. Now we do directly delivery into repair and service work, which, by the way, makes the smart parts development so important. So to give uh, for us to look into the run rate, it is more important that we measure, and that is what we do, the activity level out in the market and with our customers. Are they producing? What are they producing? How much are they producing? How is the shift set up? How are the overall conditions in the site? We have all the competences in-house to do these, yeah, we can call it mini due diligence on the mine sites and the cement plants to evaluate that. So we measure activity level, and out of that we see then the revenue coming. That's very clear, Thomas. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, the next question is over the line of Andrew Carlson, APG. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Oh, thank you. Uh, hello, Thomas. Uh, hello, Lars. Uh, just one question, and it's regarding, say, <clears throat> the, 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 what you're trying to signal with this corrective act, uh, actions, and especially the magnitude, uh, taking into account that you expect, say, uh, a recovery or uh, or market markets getting better by end of 17. So so if you already know there will be a recovery by end of 17, why such uh, say what are these corrective actions basically reflecting? Um, I, I'm just trying to understand how big this potential recovery might be in 18. I know you don't talk that far about, out, but could you kind of your thoughts on what you see out on the horizon in relation to your corrective actions? That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. Yes. Um, if you, it's a very good question, by the way. The, um, we were very, I now talk minerals at first. We were very outspoken that we say end of 17, we will see a slight or we see an increase uh, in, in activity on the CapEx side. But we always said it will be very marginal. It's not a rebound. It's not a V-shape. It's not a, a huge boom what we see. This is a slight increase. At the same time, when you have that, normally service business, and that moment when, when the customers are starting to buy CapEx-related equipment and bigger projects, Brownfield, then normally uh, aftermarket business goes uh, slowly down relatively, which means your business mix regarding the profitability gets worse, and you have to be prepared for that. We do that already here now in, in 2016. In cement, Yes, we see a better CapEx outlook, but as we said, the, the pricing pressure is really high. It's very tough. So we put on top of that what we see in minerals, of course, the development for cement too. That both included gave us um, yeah, the target set what to save. Because one thing I have to mention, it is important this corrective actions is not a cost-cutting program. This is a program which includes where one part of it is investment into value engineering, better procurement, enforced site consolidation. That means we take two smaller sites into one, which costs money. All that we have to invest, and it's all included in that corrective action, which actually costs quite a lot of money too. Okay, okay, that's clear. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Uh, next is over the line of Magnus Gruber at UBS. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi. Good, good afternoon. It's actually Guillermo Peñer from UBS. I wanted to ask on, on that very last point, Thomas, about the pricing pressure on the mineral side, both on CapEx and aftermarket. I was wondering whether you could specify whether this is actually coming from incumbents in Europe or the Western world, or actually you see also competition emerging from China overall in a more significant way than you've seen in the past. Thank you. 
I can say, um, actually, for both, for some and for minerals, thank you at first for the question. Uh, pricing pressure is on the premium side. We are top premium suppliers. Pricing pressure is on the premium side. That is what we see. And uh, we don't need to travel so far around here from beautiful Copenhagen and Denmark um, to meet peers. So from that point of view, we are not talking about uh, Chinese competition in that way. Um, regarding... Um, mid-market or uh, Chinese competition, you saw the announcement regarding um, that we now entered into a joint venture with NHI, what we call NHI Fuller, to go into that market, mid-market into the mining side, at first with the Crusher line. And that is following our strategic approach, what we announced end of 2014, where we at the same time clearly said, cement will not enter the mid-market part. Thank you. Thank you. Gentlemen, as that was the final question in today's queue, may I please pass it back to you for any closing comments? Your oh, final sorry, remark. I didn't hear you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> closing remarks, yeah? Yes. Closing remarks. It is a tough business environment. It was and it will be looking forward. I'm we are very proud about the performance of our organization. When you look into cash flow, debt reduction, yes, service, the innovation part, which really topped with being under the top 100 in the global list, that makes us all proud. But we can't stop to mention, despite all these positive things, what we can on our own influence, that we have headwind in the market. And that is fact. And that is for all the players in the market the same, and we go on to improve and to manage the cycle as we promised it for yeah now quite a while. I wish you all a good travel if you have to travel home or around the world, and thank you very much that you participated in our webcast for the quarter three 2016. See you soon. <laughs>